You are listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny Podcast. Well, welcome to the Think Funny Podcast. Uh, this is Aaron Donnelly. <laughs> Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my host, uh, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. And Matt Donnelly. Hi, guys. And today we are going to talk about the Stars and Bars, the uh, Confederate flag and its use in modern day America. Matt, do you know when you drive into Florida and you cross, I don't know what interstate that is, from Georgia to Florida, and there's a huge Confederate flag flying above an RV park? Have you seen that? Yeah, it's uh, Interstate 75. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's my that's my welcome to Florida every time, and it reminds me that I'm still in the South. I know. I, I forget I am too until I see uh, you know about once a week I'll see some idiot driving around in the uh, with the Confederate flag out their pickup back of the pickup truck. Is it Florida man? Yes, it's one of the Florida men. Usually, whenever I see a Confederate flag, I always see an American flag flying right, right beside it in the back of the pickup truck, and it, it it seems so confusing, especially if if you know your history about it and where you know where it's coming from. It's the equivalent of flying a Soviet Union flag or a uh, Nazi flag or anything like that that was a, an enemy of the United States. Perhaps even more so because this was a unique. You know, trying to be a country to divide and break away and break apart the United States. And so they're an enemy. It's an enemy flag of the United States. Mm-hmm. And to fly both of them. Yeah, just it doesn't make a lot of sense. Why do people have so much pride in it? I don't understand. I guess I don't understand the mindset. Yeah, and I, I was looking a little bit at the history of it. And, and it really it wasn't the first second or third flag of the confederacy it really wasn't an official flag of the confederacy it was it was a battle flag of robert e lee and even lee when when the war was over uh said it didn't want it flown anymore um but it really came to prominence during the um anti-civil during the civil rights era uh particularly when uh strom thurmond uh kind of broke away from the democratic party and ran for it was called the dixiecrats and then that became, they kind of re- resurrected that as like a rebel flag. And so what it stood for was a, sort of a banner for segregation. You know, people that use it today will say, okay, so they'll, they'll say it's heritage, not hate. It's part of their heritage. Their families uh, fought to protect their farms. They, their families were poor. They didn't have slaves. They were just protecting from the tyranny of the North. All of this stems from sort of a revisionist history effort uh, called the Lost Cause that was put on by the Daughters of the Confederacy movement after the mm-hmm. Civil War. So it was these group of women that a lot of the old their fathers were dying that were member that were in the Civil War veterans, and they were looking for a way to remember them. And so they started, you know, really lobbying to put up all these statues and all these, uh, you know, public monuments and flags and everything for for them. And so they have a, a number, they have like three basic tenets. One of them is that, that we should honor the sacredness of the sacrifice that Confederate veterans did. And two is that slavery wasn't that bad and it was sometimes better or preferable for the black people. And three was that the Civil War was not about slavery. So those are three factors that they also, the big thing they also did was push into textbooks in the South. 
mm-hmm. uh, those three elements really heavily. So you had this whole generation that grew up with those in their textbooks and that information being taught. And those people grew up to be segregationists. And then those people had children and children's children. And so the ch- people today that are still, you know, support the Confederate flag, there's a lot of reasons why they do it. One of them is that I think it's when they say their heritage, what they mean is like they had grandparents and parents and great grandparents that were loving, kind people to them, but also believed in certain things racist. I don't know. So anyway, I just think there's a huge backstory there. And it's, and it's basically fueled by fake news and misinformation to the Southern people. Matt, do you do you feel like you see any of that Southern kind of pride or well there's a there's a saying um that goes around tampa bay st petersburg especially st petersburg since it's a pretty progressive city that the uh the further north you get the the further south you actually get um and it's i found out it's true because i moved about an hour north of st petersburg in a different county and what I've noticed is this is where I see a lot of the more um, Confederate flags. And in fact, I went to a birthday party uh, for my daughter and there, there on the wall was a uh, hung Confederate flag and it was framed. <laughs> I don't know why they framed it, but they put it in a frame. Uh, and then um, my bug guy came over um, and uh, he has a you got a bug guy. Yeah, I got a bug guy. Um, okay. yeah, for, yeah. in Florida has yeah. one. Yeah, for cockroaches and that. Um, but is it what's going on with the love bugs down there? I see a lot of stuff about that. So. Oh man, it's it's hot and heavy down here. <laughs> They're all over the place. It's pretty crazy. So sorry, corny, go on. Horny love bugs. But uh, yeah, and the guy, you know, he had this big um, tattoo of Confederate flag on his forearm, and like you said, Aaron, I mean, nice guy. Like you know, he wore if he wore long sleeves, I wouldn't thought nothing of it. Um, you know, I wouldn't have thought, you know, this guy, you know, has, you know, maybe some questionable ideas. Um, but you know, he, he rolled up his sleeves and I was like, Oh man, (laughs) I mean, he's just there to kill bugs. You know, I'm not there to like, uh, befriend him, but, uh, he, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite a shock. So I do, I do see it a lot. I, I, uh, you know, in this part, and the sad thing is I actually went to, I went to uh, a meeting, of the local african-american uh society chapter um mm-hmm. just to kind of see what it was about because i know in this area you know um you know before the um anti or before the segregationist movement uh you know the rise of the ku klux klan and all the lynchings and things like that so i just kind of wanted to see you know kind of their take on being here and yeah it, i mean it's infiltrated and um you know they the healing is still going on um but i'm actually i don't live too far away from uh where Rosewood took place. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie by John Singleton, um, but it was actually a race riot, uh, just probably a half hour north of here in 1923. I've heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty incredible that uh, when you see those pictures too, they just, they astonish me because you see just young kids and they're like smiling and laughing and, and, and right behind him is, is a picture of a hung man probably burnt and who knows what else they did to the body. But uh, and then I think, wow, that little girl, that little boy that's smiling in that picture, they're probably still alive today. They might still yeah. be alive today, which is which is kind of kind of strange. That's something that's I feel like history's kind of shamefully swept under the rug was after the Civil War, there was a lot of lynchings and you don't hear a lot about how often that happened. I don't know I if you remember, people, Aaron, but uh, our, our yeah. history or not history teacher uh, at, at Jefferson High School. 
um, for American history, he actually taught the Civil War that way, that it was not about slavery, uh, that it was about economic factors. Uh, Which teacher was that? Yeah. I forget his name, but he actually was very, very educated. He had, a, he had a PhD, I believe, or at least a master's. Was AP history guy? Yeah, AP history guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, He was pretty funny, actually, too. Yeah, he was. Um, I remember he wrote up on the board something about, he was making fun of a kid in, in the class. And he said, condoms are made out of the intestines of sheep, but so-and-so prefers the whole sheep. <laughs> he wrote that on the board. <laughs> it's like, like, wow. Did he name his, <laughs> did he pick out a student and name them? Yeah, yeah, he did. And I know that he got in trouble, like, from time to time, like, maybe even for flirting with girls. You remember the Duvas, uh, the legend of the Duvas, which was, uh, that might have been part of their initiation to get into the club? No. Yeah, I, I, it was a, a bunch of seniors, and uh, th- that was the rumor. Yes. Oh, Matt. Okay. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yes. The do. Yeah, it was a take on divas, so they called themselves the divas. Um, and there, there's a handful of them. Uh, I won't name names, but uh, yeah, let's not name names. But I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that might have been that was a, that was the uh, the initiation uh, rumor that was going around. It was pretty funny. Oh, was this was to be sleep with that teacher? No, to, to sleep with a sheep. Oh, sheep. <laughs> There's not a lot of sleeping going on. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, I don't care how cool you guys are. I am out of here. <laughs> what are you guys well, doing okay, so... Oh, nothing. Why do you have a sheep in your car? I remember another thing that teacher did was he took, there was one of the girls, a cheerleader girl, and they have these like bloomer type underwear not really an underwear but cover underneath the skirt anyway he he took that and hung it up in front of the classroom and uh yeah he'd make like inappropriate jokes and stuff too yeah that's like that's like 16 candles where he holds up the underwear yeah Uh, it's like that (laughs) that's anyway incredibly inappropriate for a teacher Matt, didn't you have a teacher in third grade that went to prison for like tax evasion or something? I did. Yes, uh, I, I know what he looks like, um, but yeah, it was uh, it was some guy, and he, he was a great teacher. Um, he he didn't pay taxes on that thousand dollar salary he made. <laughs> you talk about going after a small <laughs> fish, uh, but he must have not paid taxes for like years and years. Yeah, let's leave yeah. Trump alone. Let's get this teacher's salary here. <laughs> You know what the worst job in any war was? The, oh. three. There's three jobs. Mm-hmm. The guy that carried the flag, the guy that had the drum, and then the, the fife player. You, you're pretty much dead. You're 100% <laughs> chance of death. You're pretty much yeah. at the front front lines, and you have no weaponry, and you can't run because you you're carrying a giant flag or giant drum or a <laughs> flute. You can mesmerize yeah. them with your, with your flute. Perhaps <laughs> that's only in India, but yeah, I don't know. That's apropos of nothing. But I just thought, man, that that's that's kind of crap duty. If you uh, you know, if you enlist and you think you're going to be in the artillery or something, and you end up playing the flute right. briefly <laughs> for those five minutes before you get shot. I think too, like most people today that have a Confederate flag or whatever are probably not racist. The stuff I've seen online of videos of them defending it. They've almost all said slavery was bad. We're not racist. This is just our heritage. And so to me, it's a misappropriation of the wrong symbol 
to show your heritage. And I think you got to kind of go deeper. Like with racism, it is a, it's a disease that has certain things that fuel it and, uh, and make it worse. One of them is, um, so what you want is everyone wants to feel a feeling of belonging and, um, a feeling of self-worth and racism provides that. And I think the reason why it's so attractive to some people is because poor whites in the South see, or at least subconsciously feel how much farther behind they are getting, or at least that all the other uh, races are finally coming up to speed. And because, so there's an analogy, like the white guy is standing in line and and it's line up, go up to the mountain, to the precipice. Uh, People of color are moving ahead and getting closer to him, but he's standing still. And so it feels like he's going backwards, but he's not. So there's a thing called like white frailty, which is whenever you see uh, even subconsciously a status loss or that you really have no future or that um, whatever, there's a certain sensitivity there because they're feeling like other races are now, you know, getting ahead or getting at least equal to them, even though that's not even true yet. So to me, there's like a, it's like a psychological thing that drives people towards this. I feel the same way about the Washington Redskins sporting, you know, sports teams like that. Yeah. And damn. not only, not only just because it's offensive, but like for selfish reasons for that team owner, you could make a ton of money yes. by rebranding. Yep. You, you know, imagine if you rebranded to, to a person or a logo that was like super inclusive, people that would be flying off the shelves because you did that. And I think the South could really get a, you know, if they rebranded and, and, and abandoned the Confederate flag and maybe had some other flag or something that just showed, you know, they, they are part of the South, but it would include blacks and whites. And it shows the values that they like, which is like hospitality and being there for each other. That could be so, a massive rebranding that would benefit them. Would it be enough for you if they just changed their logo or would you like a team like the Redskins to change their name too? They should change everything about they it. Should. They should change yeah. both. Money That's drives why. everything. So yeah, you yeah. know, that, that would so, so why is he not doing it then? I mean, he's fought all these years. I, I can't, the name of the Redskins owner is escaping me, right? Oh, Daniel Snyder, the FedEx Daniel guy. Snyder, but right. Why yeah, why not do it? So. I mean, think of, I mean, you're talking millions and millions in merchandise yeah. you could sell immediately. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's probably so protected and entrenched in the culture of the people surrounding it that wouldn't want it to change. Right. Probably need to get a new owner to do it. There's other things that also drive, I think, the use of the Confederate flag and even racism uh, in the South. And I think specifically with men, because I think men drive most of this, just what I've seen. So you have the loss of blue-collar jobs, the loss of the... Uh, you're moving more towards the education sector and the healthcare sector, which are jobs have grown, but sort of industrial sector has declined. And so you have guys that have a high school education and they still want to have pride in something and support their family. Um, and so there's poverty there. And then you hear, you know, you have something like the Confederate flag or like, you know, not to bring back Trump, but he said, he was like, make America great again. That word again is like, yeah, we can have hope again to be like it used to be. And that's a false hope because it's never going back. We're never going back to coal. The robots have taken over industrialization. But We're not going back to Aaron, lines. that's the oldest trick in the book, though, because you in anything you want to make people wistful for a time before because it was it's, right. the, it's the good old days thing. And yeah. in 50 years, somebody will play that card about 
you know, how times were good now. And in a hundred years, they'll, I mean, it's just, it'll just a card that's always going to be played. I think that calling someone a racist, yelling it in their face has never cured racism. No, not at all. You got to like, I would take all the, all the Confederate stuff down. I don't believe it belongs in public areas whatsoever. You can have it privately. It's free country. What about in a museum? Yeah, you could put it in a museum. That's, you know, see, that's con- how I feel. I feel context. like people need to understand about it. You you can't just cover up history with dirt or put it in a closet, but maybe not in front of a state building or, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. there's no there's no business there. But I think the real thing that, that shifts, that like scientific studies have been shown that what really changes people's views when they have strongly held ignorant viewpoints is interpersonal connection with someone that belongs to that other viewpoint. So mm-hmm. some people did a study where in a strongly Republican or strong people that were very much against uh, gay marriage and, and stuff, they went door to door, started talking to people and that softened their views and made them less rigid, you know, interpersonal relationships between blacks and whites, you know, with a, with a level of empathy is the thing that will likely ultimately really crush racism as long as well, as well as the internet will continue to, because once you have more information on things, ignorant views tend to go away. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Facebook will bring us all together someday in perfect harmony. Yeah. <laughs> what I like is the people that climb the statues and put googly eyes over the real eyes. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love that. that. That was, I think the smartest thing they could ever do <laughs> because then they just become laughing stocks. You think about like things even growing up. Remember Grandma Roster would sit in her chair, and uh, in Brandon, Iowa, I remember she uh, she always sit in her chair and look out the window and just you know under try and get the whole gossip of the town as it went by. Mm-hmm. And one time she goes, "I go, what's the new Grandma?" And she's like, "Well, there was a black guy standing on the corner." And I was like, "Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. What do you do?" Well, he smoked a cigarette and then. He walked towards town. With an air of suspicion in her voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, keep me posted, Graham. So I was like, you got on to something. And it's because, like, uh, they had, like, one black family there for a small period of time. And so, yeah, she was on top of it. Yeah. You think, speaking of inclusion, though, remember when. Um, uh, Bob Jenkins uh, got invited. Yeah. We invited him to Thanksgiving over at uh, grandparents' house, and it just yeah. seemed like kind of a breakthrough moment um, to have Thanksgiving yeah. there, you know, with a black man and you know, and a bunch of people that really hadn't been exposed to 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 blacks before. But yeah, I think when you sit face to face, if you sit across a table from somebody and just talk to them, you can just figure out that most people are good people, you know, and that right. you should just yes judge people by the way they treat you and the way you, you know, you treat them. It's, I don't know, but most people don't want to even try. They, they want to have an excuse for the way they feel they want. They don't want to ever engage in that. Mm -hmm. They find like the easiest person, easiest group to blame or someone else to blame for their own lot. Did, did Bob Jenkins have a, like a false eye? Um, He had a damaged eye uh, because he was a boxer. I think it got, he had a detached retina or something like that, but he was very, I remember when he was uh, staying at our house for a little while. And uh, one morning I had to go wake him up 
and he had he has had a nightmare or something because he took a swing at me. <laughs> I remember this, yeah. Oh man, I would have got cold cocked so hard if he would have connected. You might have died. He was a great boxer. He was. He said he he was coming up with uh, Sugar Ray Leonard at the time, uh, and what is it called? Silver gloves or a gold gold, gold gloves or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he got a detached retina, took him out. So yeah, he's a huge dude too. I I had to laugh this week. I was in a gas station and uh, there was a guy in line like getting really unruly and upset and kind of causing a scene. And I was for some reason I wasn't scared. I was just laughing to myself, thinking, God, I wish Aaron was here to slow this guy down. <laughs> like you had that vibe, like something bad might happen. Like the guy yeah, behind the counter yeah. was getting a little upset, and the customer was getting upset, and I'm like. Man, I wish I had Aaron here. He could sl- he sure could slow this guy down. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, can I get a hot dog behind the counter and uh, take care of this guy? It's like uh, one of the times I really like stood up and and you know engaged was I was in an airport and this it was this guy. He looked like a big wrestler dude. He looked, he looked Russian. He was wearing Soviet Union sweatpants, like Russian Olympic sweatpant type things. Anyway. And uh, he grabbed his uh, girlfriend or his wife, whatever. She was a little girl. And he, like, grabbed her by the arm. He dragged her out of the store. And he was yelling at her. And it was in an airport. And I, like, dropped my bag. And I was, like, I, like, yelled at him. I can't remember what I yelled. I think I swore at him. And uh, and the whole thing running through my mind was, okay, I'm in an airport. I wonder how much time it is until security comes. <laughs> What's my timeline on security getting here? But he, uh, he just kept walking and stuff. He, he, yeah, I think he knew that like there would have been a lot of trouble. So wow, I'm, picturing you, that you, hero. I'm picturing you like George McFly when he grabs Biff's arm <laughs> and there's that moment you can tell he's like, what did I do? <laughs> That's exactly right. I was like looking around for guards, like, okay. Tapping my watch. <laughs> Come Every time I ever run across someone that's kind of racist, there I've never met an intelligent person that was racist. I don't know. Have you guys ever seen like the the alt right guy talk at all? The the guy that got that was in Charlottesville and they got punched later on camera. Oh yeah, you know I'm talking about. I know you're talking about. They had him on Vice News. Mm -hmm. I've never heard him speak. Is he an intelligent person? Yeah, he's a smart guy. Really? Um, Because usually I would equate that to a lack of I mean I guess you could be intelligent but most people that are intelligent would understand that you know that's not rational I think you're either unintelligent or you're dishonest yeah I think he's dishonest I I think think that he's knowing that he can make something out of this and make himself famous and stuff and yeah, I think, it's I think he's just looking for that. Getting the power and because they've changed their image. I mean, it's not the mm-hmm. skinhead anymore. It's the clean cut guy that. It's actually it's a different haircut. It's like a shaved side and with a part on the top. There's <laughs> the a certain alt right new Nazi new Nazi haircut. How do you guys feel about the Dukes of Hazard? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the eight-year-old me thought it was awesome. Um, it's a it's an entertainment show. It's not. I never went away uh, with like a, a deeper understanding after watching a Dukes of Hazard. You know what? You know what? Okay, somebody in Hazard County Road Department should be fired because every bridge <laughs> is always out. What are they doing in Hazard County? <laughs> I know. I love and how much dirt you kick up when you peel out is awesome. Do you know what happened to um, a real car if it would like? even jump like a five foot thing like that. 
It would be completely oh. destroyed. <laughs> you could see how many they destroyed. Some I don't know if it was a friend of mine that said that maybe it was Ben or somebody that said they were in LA and they looked over a fence and there was like a bunch of destroyed General Lees. Yeah, no, oh, wasn't yeah. there like fifty or a hundred? I mean, there was quite a few. But it's called the General Lee. It's the hero of the show, and it's got a Confederate flag on the top. So yeah. I think after it was after uh, Charleston, which was the uh, uh, that Dylan Ruth yeah. kid that murdered uh, black churchgoers. Yeah. I think because that's when uh, the governor of South Carolina ordered the flag to be taken down at the state house. I think that's when they pulled. Um, the the reruns, and then also like that's when like uh, Walmart and Amazon and Target, everybody stopped selling anything that had yep. a Confederate flag on it. And that I'm fine uh, with. I do yeah. you remember on the Dukes of Hazard when they mysteriously brought in the cousins? That was like one of they my had a yellow shows. car, and then all of a sudden I'm like, who are these guys that are like the cheap <laughs> knockoff version of Bo and Luke Duke? I yeah, it was Van and somebody Vance and. Yeah, but do you matter. remember the episode? This is. Do you remember the episode when the alien came to Hazard? Yes. <laughs> yeah, the alien little guy come. Uh, oh, you know man. what? The more the more nonsense on a show, the more I almost like it. But it was an hour long show. They, they like half of it was car chases. <laughs> There's a certain early '80s Southern. You know, when you look when you think about where you've seen the. Uh, Confederate flag and and culture is like Deuce of Hazard, Leonard Skinnerd. That just seems like it was a little more. There's a certain when early '80s like urban cowboy type vibe became popular in the culture or trending in the culture. A uh, hot like you know Southern fried rock time where you got your Thirty Eight Special and Skinner. Yeah, a lot of those bands were popular. So yeah, and then country music today. If, and I think probably a lot of music is this way, but specifically country music, every song feels like it's just a reinforcement of a, your lifestyle. It's just like, it's just like the listeners of it are insecure about their lifestyle, and every song is a reinforcement that you're okay, that I'm okay, that we live in the country, and that's okay. But, and there's it just feels like a current of insecurity as I listen to it. Yeah, they used to Although, be... Yeah. Uh, completely depressing and now they're just think talking about going to the beach margaritas their new truck mm -hmm. yeah everything's yeah. positive now and yeah uh, i heard somebody say something really funny he goes try this with every country song he's like take your foot and stomp and then take a beat and then clap and then stomp your foot take a beat and clap he goes that's every country song he goes try it with every single country song is it a work? There's also there's a lot of rolling down of windows and turning radios up, and a yep. lot of uh, women with feet on dashboards mm -hmm. of trucks. Yep, That's and they've got their hands through the top of the jeep, and they're driving the jeep <laughs> yeah. on the beach, and and that's okay. That's the way they are, and they're they're that's okay. I don't have like because I live in Oregon. There's not a lot of African Americans here. It's a very small percentage. So, uh, you know, one of my good good friends that, that I had, he, uh, the first time he rode in my car, we got followed by the police and it was like, and then so he goes, just turn here, just check this out. And I, I picked him up and, and I don't know if we we're going to go to a movie or something, but, um, he goes, just watch this. And so we turned down into a neighborhood, drove through the neighborhood. The cop car was probably two feet behind my bumper. 
it was like something out of a movie or something you couldn't make up. And he goes, this is what I'm telling you about. And I, I couldn't believe it. it. blew my mind. Like, I, I couldn't understand it, but that actually happened. I mean, that's something that actually happened to me. It's weird. He did stop. A... He just tailed you? He just tailed me. And then I just kept driving through, and then he just finally peeled off. Yeah. When I was, was in, weird. When I was in college, I was I was riding. Uh, my friend was driving his his car, and we saw a couple black guys got pulled over on the side of the road. And he uh, turns his head out the window and he yells out, "Fucking cops, pigs!" <laughs> and within two minutes, <laughs> we were pulled over. <laughs> we had our hands <laughs> on the hood, and luckily he was driving a Lotus, and so the cops figured, you know, he had a lot of money and probably rich, you know, connections and things like that. So they let us go, but they they made us sweat it out. But I was like. Oh, yeah. Man, take it. You took a stand, but did you have to take such a hard stand? <laughs> I'm sure that there's probably a lot of white privilege stuff that we have that we don't recognize. Yeah, um, I, the other day I took my car into a shop, and the guy was like, "He goes, no, you don't need to pay me. Just, just, uh, just leave the car. You know, he goes, I, you can take the car when we're done. That's fine. I, I, I'll, I know that you'll pay me." And I thought, I wonder if that was white privilege. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, because I came in and I was wearing my work clothes and the car was probably not, it wasn't a beater. It was a nicer car. And I just wondered if that was, I don't know. I get a lot yes. because I, you know, as a white guy with a shaved head and, uh, I have a, a daughter who's got like almost white blondish hair. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, it seems like we, you know, we get some special treatment, but, and, and a lot of code because a lot of people will say, Oh, your daughter, she's got such beautiful hair, like a white, old white person. And I always saying, mm. is he, you know, is he, she's saying that because I've got like this air, ultimate Aryan child or, you know, or is it just, you know, actually the, you know, the hair is striking. I, I bought a iPod on Craigslist when it Craigslist when like a long time ago. And, uh, I went to go pick it up at the guy's house and he opened the door, like cracked it open. And it was like in a shady neighborhood, you know? And, uh, he had a shaved head and he kind of looked at me. And then, like, it was, like, too long of a pause. It was a weird, awkward moment. And he's like, hold on. And then he opened the door, and he's like, here it is, man. Yeah, and then uh, it was, I don't know. You can just pick up a weird vibe. And so then I got back in the car. I was like, okay. And and I and I, he didn't delete the songs that he had on it. And they were, I didn't even know these songs existed. They were so racist. They had the N-word in all the titles. It was like, it must have been some underground I don't know. It was so bizarre that I never even knew that that stuff existed and his iPod was full of it. And I shaved my head because I'm bald, but I think he wondered, maybe he found a brother or something. I don't know. It was a weird exchange. But I don't think it'll ever end. I think, I think it's here to stay. Um, I really do. I mean, I, I know that Ken Burns, the documented documentarian um said you know united states uh, has the stain of sl- slavery um you know stain that can't can't be removed and so i don't know how you guys feel but um, you know I, I think maybe you know generation after generation but it's really just hard to break that i think it's just good to keep talking about it it's that's all you can really do i mean yeah and i, and I hear people say that before i said people would say hey you know if you just hang out and party with people from different race it's hard to hate somebody yes. that you just partied with the night before i mean that, that's that what partying could solve can solve it all the continued integration of movement of people of color into every area of the country will ultimately erode and take away racism because once you know someone personally that just takes it all away 
All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening in to the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly for Nate Seidler and Matt Donnelly. We'll see you guys next week. What are you guys doing tonight? Oh, nothing. Why do you have a sheep in your car? Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Thanks for listening to Think Funny. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and tell a friend. If you have comments or topics for the guys, you can email them at thinkfunnypodcast at gmail.com. And check out aarondonley.com for today's show notes and much more. That's A-A-R-O-N-D-O-N-L-E-Y dot com. Woo!